0: <laughs> It's a very tasty cocktail god damn i just want to sit here and drink it well very
2: we can tasty. we got one more each though that's it we just have to drink the moonshine. well it's because they're strong we have you to remember that they're actually have strong to drink the moonshine mm-hmm. on your own mm-hmm. nothing but moonshine is that a song do you know that mm-hmm. song no i was about to sing soul shine but i'm not going to mm-hmm. Because it, it reminds me of my friend's funeral. Mm-hmm. Okay, that got dark fast. Sorry. <laughs> That's why I stopped singing it. <laughs> ah, but moonshine. Mm-hmm. Woo. It's good. Moonshine is good. Boom, 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 boom. Especially with this crunchy apple.
0: Uh, I love Honeycrisp apples.
2: Mm. ASMR. ASMR.
1: Malcolm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, many side jobs we could do. Sorry, go ahead. No. Side jobs, no, absolutely. <laughs>
1: all the side jobs. We should, like, make a documentary of all the side jobs that we do and don't get paid for. <laughs> oh. And then, maybe, we'd get and then paid, maybe
2: we'll get paid? Paid
1: for the documentary. <laughs> There's no way we'd get paid for that uh, No. It's like every, like, person out there right now is like, <laughs> <laughs> same. <laughs> um, just one more.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: I'm getting ready. We I'm got ready. so
0: many. What
1: is that?
2: These are fingers. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? They're witches fingers. They're, yeah. witches' fingers. they're witches' fingers. Oh, I they're like the long fingers. They're the ones finger. I bought for the live show. We never gave out. But here, everybody get a witch finger. Mm. What are we supposed to do with it? Point here? at each oh, other no. with it. Oh,
1: actually, like pick your nose.
2: <laughs> here, take another one. <laughs> <There>. Witch finger. <laughs> oh my. Here, just take this one. Marleya. Oh, my Lord. Take this one. I didn't think it went under the couch. All right. We're getting really professional now. Everybody, it's called Witch Fingers. Sorry. This is obviously the way I respond to the world today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Look, I've made that noise like this... four times since I walked in
2: here. Doyets de Sorcery.
1: Mm, what? sorcery finger.
2: Sorcery of fingers. <laughs> this is crazy. Fingers, like, fingers of sorcery is what they are they've in got, Spanish, like, I guess. This is
0: a claw more than a nail. This
2: is kind of a
1: jacked up
2: nail. It is
0: a jacked up nail. It is a witch. It so is. So what do you
1: expect? Well, I expect pretty nails from a witch, actually. I also expect her... Like mine. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I also expect her last knuckle to be a little further down mm-hmm. from her nail. right. I got artistic questions. I do.
1: I do too.
2: But it's fun to wear. I'm probably gonna poke my eye out. It's a green finger with a red pointy fingernail made of rubber. Just to let you know. Nothing spectacular here.
1: <laughs> it's a little bit it can be
2: yours I got fat too for
1: nineteen
0: <laughs> <laughs> But only because we've worn them. So
1: there only fans. only fans. Switch fingers? <laughs>
2: Oh my I don't want mine on my pointer finger. <laughs> <laughs> on your bird finger.
1: <laughs> hey, Uh Hi, Patrice. Hi, Courtney. <laughs> hey, Courtney. Hi, <Hi-yo>. y'all. <laughs> she just sits there and
2: looks at us like, say my fucking name. You did
1: it. You did it. Cheers to <laughs> you. Cheers,
2: bitches. <laughs> you didn't need any prompting today. I'm so proud of you. Why
0: are you looking at me? She
2: started it. <laughs> it's in my notes.
1: I actually wrote it down.
2: Oh, good mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. so we're just sipping away yes so delicious cocktail welcome
1: everybody to the strange south i don't feel like we've really talked about like our podcasts like the or not really the origin of it but you know just kind of new listeners Mm -hmm. listening to the podcast we usually go straight into it and it's kind of like you just pulled up a chair with us which i think is what people like really like us
2: yeah they just want to hang out they just want to hang out some people giving me that feedback they feel like especially when they're driving or far away or traveling they're like i feel like i was with you hanging right. out absolutely so i just wanted to
1: do just kind of a quick nonsensical blurb about who we are and what we do we started this podcast almost five years ago mm-hmm. and marley and i we research all week and put together a story that takes place in the south that's south adjacent mm-hmm. that's you know about Interesting people, weird people, horrible people, uh, strange events, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, paranormal, you name it. If it's strange and a little bit crazy, then we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we have our bartender, Courtney, who is Mm -hmm. our BFF here and has all the delicious drinks that you'll find on our website. So that you can make your cocktail or mocktail and listen to us as you travel along. Yes. And I just wanted to like restate that's
2: that's who we yeah, are. Yeah, I think that's good because someone asked us the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, yeah. the head of our social media or media at Jack State was the one who was asking you the oh, question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the theater, at the show this week when we went to the yep. theater show. And I do want to mention
1: that it we are coming up on our five year anniversary of something that we have done consistently almost consistently pretty consistently kind of consistently but we're still here <laughs> in five that's years
0: a pretty, that's a pretty big accomplishment it's for us
1: for me personally it is huge uh the anniversary God, i can't believe it. is december 13th mm-hmm. when i first texted Marlea. and um <laughs> Them, yeah, my I don't even know what you call it manifesto. <laughs> I mean it was, it was long like <laughs> here's what we're gonna do. This is what we're going to do. So we are planning to have a shindig. Mm-hmm. Something we've in, in the work. So if you're a long-time listener, a big fan, um, just keep listening because we have plans, haven't solidified yet. It's gonna be happening next in 2024 because right now if we try to plan anything with the holidays it's just not going to happen no we're kicking into thanksgiving right yeah, now it's too late it's too late right now for us to it's find too late. Place. so we're you know we and we want to do it right and um have it be memorable. So but it's stay. not going to
0: be like December 2024. It's no. going to be like January. Yeah,
1: we're thinking, yeah, the first of the year. Something's going on. Also, know that if you're a patron of ours, uh, if not, you can go to Patreon uh, and search the Strange South podcast and become a patron for $3 a month. I am putting up Courtney's recipes a week ahead of schedule. So, I'm posting this this past Friday, Sunday. I don't know when the fuck I'm doing it. But it's been, you know, in a week, if you're a patron, you should already have um, this delicious drink. However, the problem with this, and I'm sure you can substitute Mm -hmm. with like one of the moonshines that you can get at your local liquor store. Yeah, But we were gifted Mm -hmm. a wonderful homemade moonshine by one of our favorite people fucking kellyanne F-K-A. fka so we named this cocktail after you kellyanne and we are enjoying it right now and thank you so much mm-hmm. for so this it. is
2: the fka so she brought us some special moonshine to the live show which we talked about on last week's show or two weeks now right when you hear this and that prompted me and that week i did say i was going to do something with it because we are getting into thanksgiving so when this comes out it'll be basically right the week Mm -hmm. before thanksgiving or the week of it's apple pie we will be three weeks yeah two Mm -hmm. or three weeks out Mm -hmm. yeah so it's an apple pie moonshine so it does have it did have apple and um cinnamon sticks in it so Mm -hmm. it made it very very sweet it looked like a mason jar full of granny's sweet tea is what it looks Mm -hmm. like it's that dark you know Mm -hmm. like what my grandmother used to make and what i did with it knowing that we can't just Drink straight moonshine tonight mm. on a Sunday, which we could. We could it goes down and really have easy before and we have regretted yeah. it on Monday morning. So I decided mm. to mix it and make a cocktail and I was like, how do you kind of dilute it? I can't add other liquor to it. I'm right. not gonna add liquor to moonshine. <laughs> I know. Would vodka go really would have go. I know, but I'm just <laughs> I, know, I know,
1: Thank you so much for not vodkaing moonshining us.
2: <laughs> so I just added apple juice, like hundred percent juice, so it wouldn't it would cut some of the sweet some fresh squeezed lemon juice, some um, apple slices, so they're good and crunchy in there. And I made, I forgot, a little bit tiny, maybe a quarter per serving, a um, quarter ounce of honey simple syrup. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. So it has a little honey in it now. Nice. Okay. Is that all? I think that's all. Yeah. You the moon, said lemon juice, right? The moonshine, mm-hmm. moonshine, lemon juice, apple juice, and a dash of kind of honey And if
1: you want all the, you know, list of proportions and, and ratios and all that, Become a patron. Three dollars. It's like buying us the cheapest cup of coffee. It's buying one of us the cheapest cup of coffee Mm -hmm. um, each month. And it really helps us keep the show on the Internet radios so we're not having to pay out of pocket as much.
0: As much, As much.
1: <laughs> we drink a lot, yeah. yes. <laughs> help us, <laughs> help us drink a lot. No, no, no. We're, good. we're fine. Just there. kidding. <laughs> okay, let's see. Oh, we do have some upcoming guests that we are oh, yeah. inviting to the show. Uh, probably you'll hear this in in December, maybe January, depending on when we can get them in the pod basement to record but we have two that i'm thinking of right now that we're very excited to come in to do listener lures oh i don't know who we're talking about and, so.
2: Ooh, surprise to me too yay <laughs> and you know oh i don't want to yeah i don't want to <laughs> tell anybody it's a
1: surprise okay yeah so we're excited about that listener lures And let's see what else we got. Oh, yeah. We've been playing around with the idea of possibly doing a YouTube premiere of our podcast so that we can chat with y'all while you listen to it. So no video, but just the audio Mm -hmm. on YouTube. People get to our podcast through several different means. And YouTube's been we've had some people comment that they listen to us through YouTube and the whole premiere thing with, um, you know, maybe we'll pick a night, we'll do the premiere, and then you can chat with us while we listen to it and give us your feedback or whatnot. So we've, we've got, we, we're definitely working on some more interactions with people while we listen to it, just to make it fun for you and for us as well. And we do appreciate everybody that writes in, everybody that talks to us about Stories that they've heard, stories that they want us to do. And we just want to know, want you to know how much we truly value you. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right. So that is my, that's my front end, my
2: intro. So professional. I know. I feel like I, I don't know what to say. I, I. I know. Goodbye. You were doing the prep there. I did the prep. <laughs> Kellyanne did all the prep for me. <laughs> I just had to Pour it together. Yes,
1: and it's <laughs> delicious. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with my story. All right.
0: Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get free swag, extras, exclusives, and a discount on merch. You can find links to all these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode. Strange South t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and other goodies. See you there. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent.
2: Excellent. Everybody ready? I'm ready. I'm just writing down my (laughs) recipe because you're... I'm like, oh my god, we're getting a week early. I better make sure I get this shit to you on time, like I'm supposed to. <laughs> Upload these recipes for our patrons. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So
1: it is getting to be Thanksgiving. It's coming in a couple of weeks. It's way sooner mm-hmm. than I thought, which is okay. Yeah. Yes. It, it it's okay because I've already we've already made plans. So I don't think I'm gonna cook anyway. That's neither here nor there, <laughs> and also. Thanksgiving is the time of jello recipes. Ooh, Something yes. that we could think about. Yes. That may be coming to a TikTok near you. Mm-hmm. But thinking about Thanksgiving, and I was thinking about what I'm going to do for this story, because kind of up in the air. As far as Marleya has just been delivering like the great <laughs> stories, like the cult story from last week, like Chef's Kiss. Oh, yay. So good. So, and, and the thing, the story that you told again at the uh, show, Chef's Kiss, like you have been just like knocking them out. I was like, fuck.
2: You too. Oh my God,
1: you have too. I was going to say. This is going that commercial. to be... Not as good, but it's going to leave you something to talk about. Because with Thanksgiving, uh, for some reason, I was thinking, let's talk about cannibalism. <laughs> oh, my. So why would you not? We're giving thanks.
2: We're eating things. <laughs> oh, my God. We're eating things. And we're eating things. And We've watched Yellow Jackets. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched that yet. Uh,
1: but anyway, so I was like, yeah, so let's see how many southern cannibals there are. Oh my. And there's actually, well, documented. There's not that many. Oh. But I did. Um, and a and th- couple of the cases that I did find were like mountain men living in mountains away from society and... Having like poor health, starvation, oh, and and such. So I think that was more of of that kind of story instead of something like a Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. <laughs> However, our tale takes place in Cleveland, Mississippi, in the late eighteen hundreds, mm-hmm. and Cleveland is like the heart of the Delta. It is cotton back then, uh, it's cotton plantations after the Civil War, it was still cotton plantations. Um, and Cleveland was named and, it, and it's very it's not very close, but it's near. Anything in the Delta is going to be near the Mississippi River. Cleveland was named after Grover, Cleveland. who do oh. you know who that is?
0: like the the president yeah yeah Uh,
1: fuck y'all are smarter than me (laughs) i was like president grover was he the president that was short-lived i think he may have been well he served he's our 22nd and 24th president oh so maybe he he didn't look fat oh he didn't look fat but (laughs) i mean i wasn't like looking at him to like is that that? I mean, like, they don't
0: how- trivialize people's entire personalities into one thing.
1: No. <laughs> yeah. So I, I could, but no, my whole thing was like Grover.
2: We had a president named Grover. <laughs> I just know because <laughs> I, there's like uh, high schools and some show I've heard oh. people say this more than like I just knew it was Grover and the name Grover, too. I was just kind of yeah. like, oh, oh. Well, <laughs> I <don't> remember <laughs> that name, but That's, I didn't know Cleveland was,
1: yeah, yeah, it was named after him and it, um. Cleveland also is, like I said, nestled in the Mississippi Delta, and it is the backdrop for the birthplace of the blues. In fact, in Cleveland, there was a Reverend C.L. Franklin, who was a gospel and blues influencer at the time, who also preached at a Baptist church, and he happened to have three daughters. One daughter's name was, you know what, I think I wrote this down Drover. wrong. It was like, I don't know. One one daughter was named daughter number one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, Carolyn. And the last one was named Aretha. Mm, the actual, the Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Oh. Oh. So her dad was from Cleveland or preached in Cleveland and was also a gospel and blues singer himself. But Another person who was born during the late uh, 1800s was a guy named Alonzo Robinson. So Alonzo Robinson turned out to be a grave robber, a murderer, mm. a cannibal, mm. and a suspected serial killer. <laughs> And I listened to a podcast named Fruit Loops. (laughs) Podcast. Podcast. FKA. Yes, thank you. I wish I could blame FKA. It's
2: just my brain.
1: So this podcast that I listen to is called Fruit Loops, which is totally appropriate for me. <laughs> Fruit Loops, and it's hosted by Wendy and Beth, and it focuses on crimes by serial killers of color. Mm. And that was the, <laughs> Fruit, the Loops. Fruit Loops. And that was that was the um, the odd thing, not so odd. But the unusual thing about the Alonzo Robinson story here of him possibly being a serial killer is because he was a man of color. Mm. And there the media never really reported on like a lot of serial killers, although there are just as many serial killers of color that there are of white people because it's just people. Mm. And so you have the same demographic it's just you don't have the same reporting or studying by, you know, the media or the people in who study serial killers huh. and huh. stuff. And that is like,
2: is that what that podcast was talking about?
1: <clears throat> no, they were talking uh, about, well, they do, you know, just like we do. Just, they, yeah. they talk about stories and they were talking about Alonzo Robinson. I also got sources from articles in the Birmingham Post Herald, the Daily Sentinel Tribune from Ohio, Montgomery Advisor here in Alabama and the Greenwood Commonwealth in Mississippi. Hmm. I read a lot of newspaper articles cuz I was trying to figure this one out because it was it was pretty well covered but only very certain like certain parts of it was well covered and the rest is just a complete mystery Alonzo Robinson his early life in Cleveland in the Delta in the late uh, 1800s was born to a poor family it's a poor area it's still a poor area I think I read where the uh, median income for a like single family home is like $37,000 oh And I actually was watching a YouTube video of a guy uh, who had found, like, the poorest city in the United States. And, of course, it's in the Delta. Mm. And it's called Alligator, Mississippi. And it's, like, right there on the Mississippi River. And I think their annual income was, like, $19,000. Damn. It's, yeah, it's surprising. So, anyway... uh, Alfonso was born in this area and grew up there. Don't really know much about his folks about any siblings I, We do know he had a sister uh, but one of the things that and again, we don't know much about like his childhood because nobody you know nobody's sitting there in- interviewing family and relatives about all of this like they do nowadays. But we do know by the time he was 23 years old, he was sending obscene letters to women. Oh. And he seemed to have like a thing against women or had something that set him off. And this is my non-professional opinion um, mm-hmm. about when women. Because um, <clears throat> the, the obscene letter writing pretty much carried on through the rest of the town. Mm. So, they found out that it was him, and when he was taken to jail because of his obscene letter writing, he was actually shot by the husband of the woman he wrote the letter to, and during all of this, he escaped, and he went to Michigan. Oh. So, while in Michigan, he changed his name from Alonzo Robinson to James H. Coiner, and moved to Ferndale, I guess around, um, he spent like eight years, and and this is where it gets gray and fuzzy, and I really wish I had a little bit more time, and I had the money to pay for, like, where you can go into old records and census Mm. records to find out, like, where he was living, who he was living with. It would tell a little bit more of the story, because there's about eight years who really don't know anything Mm. about what he's doing but we can assume that he's continuing with the obscene letter writing he has a thing for digging up graves and so we can assume that that was happening as well was he like taking stuff he was yeah he was he was taking things from female from female graves Mm. We do know that he was in the military in World War One, and World War One was from 1914 to 1918. So all of this happened after the war. He was in actually the. Um, the army engineer corps. So, you know, he was building things and and all of that during the war. I don't know if that carried over until, you know, in after the world, like I said, it's no we don't really know cuz I don't have the records and nobody online has really talked much about this guy and has really deep dove into this. So, most of this is speculation. We do know that uh, you know, when he went From Mississippi to Michigan, he uh, changed his name. We also know he went from like Michigan to Indiana, and also we think he may have gone to Ohio. So he was kind of in this Midwest area. But in 1927, he uh, was caught robbing the grave of Miss Grace C, and he was sentenced to serve one to 10 years in an Indiana penitentiary. When he was doing this, he actually served like seven years. While he was in jail, the person that was living in his old house that he used to rent went up into the attic. And I think it was a young boy who went up into the attic and fell this trunk. So... Uh, the same year, this is February 1927, this young boy went to this trunk and found four skulls wrapped in newspaper, hidden beneath an army uniform, um, in Ferndale, Michigan, and there was also uh, names of women from Detroit or names of women in Detroit in their addresses. Mm. And they said that these were like the kind of upper society white women uh, that he had a list of. But so they found like these heads and they, you know, didn't know where it came from. But they found a letter to uh, his sister and that's where they got his name from. And so they, you know, looked for him and they found him in jail. And they were like, where, you know, where did these skulls come from? They also found, I meant meant to say, they also found braids of human hair in the trunk as well. So he's in there and he's like, I, you know, I rob graves, I, I dig up graves. They're just from graves. And that's basically all he said about it. If there were bodies or if these were people... They, they want to say maybe one or two uh, could possibly have been murder victims because there was, like, blood-matted hair. Ooh. But also, if there was graves, you would think that, you know, maybe that would happen, too. But I don't know. I don't know the embalming process. I don't know, like, if you decay mm-hmm. you know, and you're embalmed, and then... They wouldn't have been embalming would, then. Yeah. Okay. Not in the 20s. Okay. So... So it could have been just, you know, the nastiness of digging up a dead body and not necessarily a murder victim. But again, we just don't know. It's all speculation. And the case really went nowhere. They really couldn't pin anything on them. They At the time, they couldn't identify who the skulls were. They could just take his word for it that, you know, he was holding skulls and nobody knew where they came from nobody was missing skulls in june of 1934 he was paroled and he returned to cleveland mississippi and moved in with his mom and of course he automatically resumed sending obscene letters to women so
0: like obscene did it clarify like what
1: does nobody nobody published a letter and i mean they really wouldn't um at this time i don't think you know yeah it's not really tabloids it'd be again sometimes like when you go to um like Mm ancestry.com and you start looking in records Sometimes people will have like family stories Mm -hmm. and they'll talk about like, oh, yeah, that was, you know, my great, 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 great. And we have a letter kind of deal. Sometimes you get like in gold mines like that of stuff that's published in those um, ancestry uh, websites. But I have not looked. So I do not know. And this is really what I could scrounge out because there's a lot of conflicting information out there. Most of this, uh, I tried to verify through the newspapers of the time, but the newspapers of the time also were very racist, mm-hmm. and they were also inaccurate and just uh, stereotypical uh, of what they reported and very one-sided. So it's kind of hard to take that they were, you know, as complete truth of mm-hmm. what they were reporting. Okay, so he's paroled, moves back to Cleveland, starts writing letters again. The skull case was dropped. But things back in Mississippi escalated very quickly. In December 9th of uh, 1934, so we're still in the same year, it's like he went to jail seven years, got out in June that December In Cleveland, or just outside of Cleveland, a Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Aurelis B. Turner were found bludgeoned to death in their home. They had no idea who would do this. The FBI came in, and it, it was during the time that the FBI just started doing fingerprints and stuff, so they come in, they do all their fingerprinting. And people are still kind of like, you know, it shocked everybody in Cleveland. Cleveland's a small town. Like right now, I think there's 10,000 people that live in Cleveland. Yeah. There may have been a little bit more because there are several railroads that went through the town at that time. And, of course, it's there, you know, the cotton boom was still kind of in play, even though uh, emancipation and, and all of that. So I, I wanted to say it probably during this time, was like a little bit more active than it in later years. So, you know, the FBI came in, they couldn't arrest anybody, they didn't find anybody. What happened when the Turners were murdered, there was a six-year-old boy that they had that actually got hit on the head and was left for dead. And he said that there was just a big man that came in. Uh, that he saw and so he was really the only witness and he just kept emphasizing the word you know he was a big man well I mean to a six-year-old everybody's kind of big Mm -hmm. so you know that's really all they had to go on so they ended up you know arresting a hitchhiker named Roy in Shreveport Louisiana they sent him to the Memphis jail and you know they're like you know he's a big man he's you know. A hitchhiker. He's a traveler, doesn't have a home, highly suspect. Uh, he probably did it. So they sent him to Memphis and they were like questioning him and stuff. And he's like, Well, I guess I killed somebody. You know, he <laughs> was like, I don't know why I'm here. And they asked him, Why are you here? And he's like, Well, I guess I killed somebody. So, well, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah, it really is. And so he stayed in jail for a little bit. But during this time, something else was happening. I don't know when this started. But, like, during this time, uh, there was a postmaster from, I want to say, Indiana, who was tracing obscene letters that were being sent to women in uh, Indianapolis. And he, he found that they were coming from this post office in Mississippi. He came down to Mississippi, and they, like, you know, staked out the place and they waited for the guy who was, you know, supposed to come and, you know, send the letter so that they could catch him. And they were sitting there in January 12th of 1935. Alfonso Robinson walks through the door and he picks up his mail from Indiana, from Indianapolis, and they're like, we gotcha. And he pulls out a gun Mm. Uh, But they have more guns. So he surrenders his gun and he's like, okay, you know, uh, I'm the obscene. He doesn't really say anything. But when they empty out his pockets, they find human flesh. Ew, what? And Mr. Turner's watch along with other obscene letters that he was mailing out to women. So they caught him for the obscene letters but then once they found Mr. Turner's watch and the flesh, they were like, oh, shit, this is this is something else. Is that just you just keep that in your pocket like that? Well, he, he told somebody I read somewhere that he liked the way it felt.
2: Ew. Oh, my God. It's like his
1: fidget spinner. It's
2: Like rubby. Oh my God! It was a fidget,
1: (laughs) fidget flesh. My my (laughs) pillowcase.
2: Oh my God! I don't think that was the same. No, (laughs) Oh. no. No. Soft and smooth.
1: (laughs) So when when they went to his Mississippi home, they found portions of human flesh salted and cured with what appeared to be teeth marks on it course they were like obviously this is the guy who killed the turners mm-hmm. and you know they they found the they found all of this flesh they found you know he had a gun because one of the turners was shot with the gun and they found the obscene letters so the postmaster from indianapolis was like huzzah mm-hmm. uh, and when michigan found out about this they were like hey you know We were looking at him because there was four skulls in a, um, you know, trunk. Could you ask him about that? Maybe, you know, we can find out really what happened and if, like, he murdered these people or if what he said was true or he just dug them up. And he gave a quote and he's like, I could tell you a lot of things you'd like to know, a lot of things about murders and murderers, but I'll die first. So he pretty much just clammed up on January 18th, 1935. He was in jail and he was not talking and he was being like, everybody was really frustrated because I mean, they've got him for the murder, but he wasn't like saying anything else about any possible anything. And he also denied he's, he, he denied killing them. So they went and they arrested his 74 year old mother. And they put her in jail and they said, we have your mom in jail and she's going to stay there unless you confess. That seems extremely unethical. Yes, it does. Damn. So he said, OK, I will tell you, get my mom out of jail. So allegedly um, he confessed what he did. He said that he had dug up the young women's um skulls at the graveyards because he just wanted their bones and they asked well why did he kill the turners in cleveland he's like i just had an impulse to kill the turners were picked at round random he went there about 8 30 on the night of december 8th with a hatchet and a gun in his pocket mr turner was just sitting there reading the newspaper and so he hit him on the head and while he was doing that, uh, Miss Turner came in, and then he hit her on the head until she was dead. And then he went back and shot Mr. Turner in the head just to make sure, because he didn't think he had killed them. Then he began to carve the skin off Miss Turner, Ew. and they were like, why did you take her skin? And he's like, I just wanted to see how it felt. And he also admitted to the biting on the flesh. So this was the January 18th uh, after he confessed. And when he was arrested, they could they made a point of not telling anybody where they were keeping him. Because, again, this is Emmett Till country. This mm-hmm. is this is a black man who murdered white people and in an obscene, obscene letters to white women. And so you can imagine the mob that was getting ready to get this guy. And they knew this, so they kept his location quiet, which was really interesting that they were able to do this knowing that a lot of the people in Law enforcement at the time were also Klan members. Yeah, for real. So they actually did that, and they ended up calling in, and this is way over the top, and I don't understand this. They called in 200 National Guards to be there during the trial uh, to protect him and the people from the mob. It was like it was ridiculous. Like he was literally on a train. I forgot where they were keeping him, but wherever that was, he was on a train. It was him and two hundred National Guard men traveling to this courthouse to be tried. He was tried on February fourth. Well, he was indicted and he pled not guilty. However, the same day he was arraigned, tried found guilty and sentenced to die by hanging all in the same day. Wow. It was very speedy. The state had seven witnesses, all white men. There was no defense. The jury, like the DA showed the jury the piece of flesh he cut from uh, Mrs. Turner. Oh, and, and Mrs. Turner also was with the child at the time of her death. Oh, and so the jury of white men, took 5 minutes to find him guilty. Like I think it probably took more time to get up, walk back to the room than it they because mm-hmm. you know, they already had their minds made up. So on March 5th, like a month later, he was executed and hung in Bolivar County Jail in Mississippi. So from the time of the crime to his hanging it was 86 days from the time of his arrest. Uh, to the time of his hanging, it was fifty-two days. It was very speedy, mm. quote unquote, by the books. Mm. Uh, but he was guilty. You know, they had him dead to right. But we know, knowing, you know, the area and the time, um, him being a man of color, he, you know, he had no chance. He had no chance of representation. All right, so that's horrible. Mm. That's horrible. He was a cannibal. He ate. He liked the feeling of flesh all of that. There's something interesting that's also connected to this story. We know that when Robinson moved from Mississippi to Michigan in 1918, there's a period of eight years that we don't know what's going on. And we know the period that he got out, that there was so much going on, like everything, like he was just ramped up. So it's kind of hard to believe that during that eight those eight years that there was nothing going on there's there's not other grave um digging and possibly murders and Mm -hmm. and cannibalism and all of that that's going on uh but we just have we have no evidence of it but something that's possibly connected to this in the fall of 1925 in Toledo Ohio there was um a madman terrorizing women for two weeks they called him the toledo clubber hmm. there were 12 women attacked there were five women who died from the assaults uh, survivors were left severely wounded and the attacker used a heavy object like a batter a club and he would sneak up behind them and smash their heads in until yeah. they were dead or appeared dead. So it's a little bit different. I don't know if it's different or not, because Robinson killed the Turners with the like a hatchet mm-hmm. um, to the head. So he beat them with a hatchet. So the first attack, you know, the woman survived the following victims. They were on a dark street, snuck up behind them. They survived, but later succumbed to their injuries. The second victims both provided the police with a description saying the guy was like big. He was a big, tall guy. And of course, it, you know, the weeks during the weeks that this happened and daily attacks, it caused like a citywide panic. Someone among the dead was a woman named Lily Croy, who was a young school teacher and so they started pulling in like people with mental deficiencies um and and started, you know, like you're you're it kind of deal. And they they're just pulling in everybody because everybody was in a panic. And you know, women started buying guns and walking around with guns and people, you know, didn't go out after night. The killer was described as someone with superhuman strength and fiery eyes and a beast like appearance. Although he probably they probably just looked like a normal individual, but the tax had everybody on edge for those two weeks. It remains an unsolved case, and they try to pin it on this guy who um, confessed to. He was in jail and he confessed to killing one of the ladies, but they think that he was just kind of just talking rubbish in jail. So he actually was executed for killing a, a girl on a whiskey-fueled crime spree. So all of this happened. There's lack of all the evidence. So how did um, James Croyner or Coiner or Alfonso Robinson come into play here? It is said that he actually during this time spent a couple of weeks in Ohio mm. in Toledo and when they went and found the chest and ha- that had like the skulls and the letters to his sister, one thing there was a second chest and that was sent to his sister in Mississippi and again there's no follow-up with this. And he said that in the letter, it says, you know, be sure to um, get rid of whatever because that could do me in kind of deal. It was very vague. It's like, please get rid of this um, because this could be used as evidence to do me in. We don't know if, like, the M.O. is different from the killings or if it's kind of similar enough. We do know that he went after women. He, like, even Miss Turner, you know, he took her flesh only. Um, He beat her head in a little bit more. And one of the things that they didn't disclose is that some of the Toledo clubbers' victims were missing their heads.
2: Mm.
1: And then it just oh um,
2: shit they were really missing their heads all like to, all together like it but could I, I can't find
1: i can't find any evidence but they they didn't publish this because i think it was something maybe that the police were keeping close to the chest as something that only the murderer would know kind of deal but again i don't know there's not enough follow-up Cold case. Um, we'll never know if he was connected to it or not. We'll never know who the foreheads were mm. that were in his trunk and what evidence that his sister got rid of and what happened during those eight years that he was in Michigan. Mm. So that is my story about the Cleveland. They called him. Um, they called him the Ghoul. The Cool. That sounds appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you wish there was more information, but you kind of don't. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. So that was the only uh, cannibal that I have found in Mississippi. Probably not the only cannibal that has ever been in Mississippi. Probably not. but Uh, (laughs) But the one that was reported on. So. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, enjoy your dinner. Enjoy that beef jerky. <laughs> Turkey. Turkey jerky. Oh Lord. Yes. God <laughs> almighty. <laughs> well, thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.